0: Yes, it's me again. If you were here last night, hopefully you heard God's word, not me. And hopefully you will hear God's word again this morning. Let's turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings 4. going to read verses 1 through 7. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me. What do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and afterward, shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we ask that it not return void, but that it do its job in each and every heart here. We praise you in your son's name. Amen. You may think this is not a very fitting New Year's Day message, but I think it's just about as fitting as one can get. You've heard this story before about Elisha, you see Elisha has to operate in the shadow of Elijah the Great One and Elijah's been translated and so now it's up to Elisha and this, I think that this chapter begins sort of like suddenly, you know? It's not like, therefore, such and such, which we could easily refer back to the third chapter. But this one just starts out by saying, the wife of a man from the company of prophets cried out to Elisha. So we need to clarify some things here. And the first thing, the, the first really important thing that you should walk away with from having studied this is that no matter who we are we all go through hard times. Just look at this for example. This woman comes to Elisha and she says your servant a man from the company of prophets. Well, what does that mean? Well, first of all, Elisha actually conducted training. So this man of God who's now dead is really in the modern day would be a seminarian studying the law under Elisha. And Elijah established Three centers of study, one at Bethel, where this one happens to occur. There was one in Jericho and one in Gilgal. So this widow finds Elisha and she said, This man of God, this one that was studying under you, he's dead. And boy, am I in a pickle. She also reminds Elisha that not only was he part of this company of studying under the prophet, but she adds, and he feared God. He was studying the law, and he feared God, and now look what happened. He's trying to do the right thing, dedicates his life to God, and he's dead. Huh. Under her breath, I think she's saying, I didn't realize God works that way. I thought if you dedicate your life to his service that everything's going to be, well, he should at least look out for us. And then she goes on to tell him that they had debt. Well, that's nothing new. In this day and age everybody seems to have debt. But the difference is that in those days if you had debt, if you owed someone a certain amount and you could not pay it, whether you're living or dead, the the one that you owe the money to could come and actually seize you and take you and, and force labor upon you. So he can't do it to the the son of the prophets because he's, he's dead. But the creditor had the right to come and take this widow's two sons as slaves. So imagine... You widows, and we have several in our midst this morning, it's difficult enough when your spouse precedes you in death. But if you have children that are of sound body and mind and able to work, think of what it would be like for the bank to come and take your, your kids and force them to work for as long as they felt necessary. So just imagine this woman's grief. She is burdened. This woman is burdened. Uh, And she feels as though she really is a victim of circumstance. How many of us here at some point in our life feel like we have been the victim of circumstances? We have been walking with the Lord. We've been trying our, our best to walk in his will and Trouble upon trouble accumulates on us to the point where we feel like we're being crushed, the victim of circumstance. And let's just listen. Listen with your heart. This is a voice of desperation that's calling out. This woman is desperate. She's lost the man she loves, and she's about to lose her own flesh and blood, the only thing she has left to remind her of her husband. Those two precious lives that they, in union and orchestration with God, created these two young men, and she's about to lose them too. But I want you to see something here. Did she go crying to her relatives? Maybe she had sisters and brothers. Maybe her husband had sisters or brothers. Did she go crying to her best friend? Did she go bellyaching to the neighbors? Did she stand in the middle of the town beating her breast and saying, oh, poor pitiful me? I want you to remember and follow her example When she found herself so deep in trouble that she didn't know what to do, she sought out the man of God. She sought out God's anointed minister, Elisha. She went to somebody full of wisdom, not full of the world, full of wisdom. If you get nothing else, take that away with you, that when you feel overwhelmed... Don't run to the world, run to God, and run to those who possess much wisdom and who live their life based on the word and the will of God. If you go to your neighbor, even if you go to your unsaved relatives, they're going to give you some bad advice. And then then you're going to end up with even more problems. In desperation, always go toward God. And you see, she was desperate. She was about to lose the only other thing of value that she had. And And she's thinking, where is God? But you see, God's moving towards her. She doesn't know this yet. But God's got her in a position where he's now got her attention. See, this is one of the ways that God works. He doesn't purposely send trials and tribulations and heartaches and disasters. He doesn't do it because it gets his jollies off. But it does get our attention in all things. God is there, and God is working. Remember what I said last night? God goes before us to make a way. God is right next to us as we walk through that, whatever it is, whether it's a joyous walk or a walk of tribulation, he is there with us. And remember the last position that I gave you about God. He's your rear guard. And as I shared with Charlotte this morning, I said, I love that part of Isaiah. He goes before me to make the way. He walks with me. But he's my rear guard, which means that it's more difficult for the enemy to sneak up from behind and get me when I can't see him. So this is God. God is on the move. She thinks she's going down the tubes, but God is just... Getting her in position to do a mighty, mighty work. God works through our hardships. Hebrews 12 7 says, Endure. This is a, a sort of a command of wisdom. In Hebrews, it says, Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For whom a father loves his son, he will discipline him. So hardship, they happen. Some of us are in the midst of them right now. But this should be refreshing. God is on the move. God is on the move. And then the next thing I want you to see is she comes to the man of God. And Elisha poses this question to her. He says, well, what do you want me to do for you? Why, why are you asking me? And the whole reason that Elisha asks her that question is because he wants her to realize that there there is help. God is an ever-present help in trouble. But it, it's a cooperative kind of thing that God is looking for. So first of all, remember that we all go through hard times. We're not exempt from hard times just because we're Christians. And then when, when we have a problem, remember this. God needs only what we have. In order to start working in our lives... God needs us to cooperate with Him. That's why Elisha says to her, What do you want me to do for you? Why ask me? And then he says to her, Oh, by the way, what do you have of value in your house? What do you have in your house? I don't know, but if I were this desperate woman, I'd say, what does it matter what I have in my house? It's these two boys that I'm gonna lose. But he says to her, what do you have in your house? And she says, I don't have anything. Oh, except, oh, except I have just a little bit of oil. Now, today that may, you know, to the, to the modern-day person, they like, say, so she's got a little oil. But oil was a precious, precious commodity in those days. And she says, I have nothing except, except. And see, she's thinking, that doesn't, I shouldn't have even you know but he said what do you have in your house and i don't know it's not recorded here but i would venture to say that she said well i don't have anything you know they mean we have a table that we sit at or maybe we sit on mats on, I, I don't have i don't have anything and he says again to her think again what do you, what do you have in your house well oh Oh, there is a little bit of oil in a jar, but it's just a little bit, just a little bit. See, God is about to engage her and to use the little bit that she has to get her out of the pickle that she finds herself in. Don't underestimate what God can do when you are willing to cooperate with him. Oil, I said it was a precious commodity. Oil, of course, was used in cooking. Oil was used to in the bathing process to feel refreshed. People anointed themselves with oil. Remember, this is a hot climate they live in and they used to really sort of slather themselves with oil to keep their skin from drying up so they didn't all look like crocodiles. But oil is also a visual symbol for God's Holy Spirit. Now remember, she said, I have just a little oil, just a little. See, amounts of what we have aren't so important to God. You say, what do you mean? Well, do you remember when Jesus was out there one day and this whole big crowd and they were just enthralled with Jesus and they couldn't get enough of him and they kept encouraging him to talk, 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 tell us more, teach us more. So Jesus taught all day long and it's getting to be the dinner hour, like 6 p.m., And tummies start to growl. And so these disciples come to Jesus and say, You know, Master, in case you didn't notice, it's getting pretty late. You need to send these people home. And Jesus probably said, Why? Why should I send them home? Well, they're all hungry. They're all complaining. They're getting hungry. And I am too, by the way. And Jesus says, Well, yeah, I am too. I'm feeling a little hungry. So what does Jesus say to them in response to their... They're concerned that, oh, everybody's hungry. Send them away. See, that would be the quick and easy way to solve the problem. That's the world talking. Send them home if they're hungry. But Jesus, and wisdom speaking, said, see what there's out there among the crowd. And they're probably like, what? Go out in the crowd and and." See what people have. Maybe somebody brought some food. And they come back. And what does Philip say? He says, you know, there's this one little boy. I have a little oil. There's one little boy with little fish. Not big fish. Little fish. And little cakes. But what's that? It's nothing. (laughs) And see... The world would overlook it, but Jesus says, bring it here, and they're thinking, here we go again, here we go again, but I'm thinking, here we go again, it's miracle time. And so, forever throughout all Christendom, that little boy with his little fishes, and his little loaves. That story will be told over and over and over because that little boy gave what he could. You see, God does not ask us to give more than we're capable of. You say, yeah, but he's asking me to give it all. Maybe he is. But then what am I gonna have? Won't that be interesting? Now, based on the historical Jesus, I would say if you give it all, you're going to end up with more than you had to begin with. And that's what God is doing with this woman here. And through this astute teacher, Elisha, I have to give him credit because he really, he helped her to stretch her faith Actually, I think he uh, pumped new life into an almost dead faith. So, he says these things to her. He tells her, he gives her some instructions. She's probably thinking, I can't do this. See, she had to work. She was part of the solution, and so many times God expects us to be part of the solution to our problems and our circumstances and our situations. After all, if we really are honest, we are probably a major part of the reason we're in the predicament we're in. And so God is asking this woman to become active. I mean, faith without works is a dead faith. So here comes the oil. And in this case, it's like liquid gold. And God is about to do what she can't. See, he's asked her to cooperate and then he's going to do which she would never be able to do. So here's what Elisha says to her. He says, go to all your neighbors. Why do you think he said all your neighbors? He wanted to make sure that any pride that she had would be flattened. It took courage, and it took humbling herself to go to all of her neighbors, and that is an extremely important phrase, all of your neighbors. Go and ask all of your neighbors, ask them to loan you jars, and don't ask for just one or two. Ask for a lot of jars. See, this just makes this all the more, what am I getting myself into? I have to go face all these neighbors. Um, hello, uh, hello uh, J- Jacob, um, do you have any jars? I could borrow well what how many do you want? yeah, I got some. yeah, I, I could give you a jar. no, how many jars do you have? I probably have six of them could can I have all six? uh yeah, yeah, I guess you could, and on down the road she goes, and I guess her two sons went with her because they she needed some help lugging all these jars home, and you know, we're not talking about little pint-sized jars. I mean, we're talking about these crocks that they kept oil in. Hmm. So the, the prophet tells her, go to all your neighbors, ask for jars, ask for a lot of jars. She doesn't say, why? Why should I do that? That's embarrassing to have to go to my neighbors and ask. Well, and, and why do I have to ask for a lot of them? See, she was probably hoping that this could all be solved in a very quick, cut-and-dry manner. But she's seeing that it's involving a lot more than she thought. And how about you and me? Don't we go to God and say, look, here's the problem, this is the situation, get me out of it. And could you do it fast? You know, we're like, we deal with God like on demand, like he's part of Fios or whatever that thing is. You know, on demand, we've become an on-demand people. And she probably was hoping that he would solve her problem because she was demanding and so was this creditor demanding. But you see, God usually doesn't work that way. So she follows the instructions. She goes to the neighbors. And then what did he tell her to do? He told her to go home. So, of course, she goes home with all these jars. Here's another interesting detail that I don't want you to miss. The next instruction is, shut the door behind you. Why? So the flies won't come in or what? Why do you think the next instruction is shut the door behind you? This was between God and this lady. This wasn't for the neighbors to see. This was God increasing the faith of this lady. I'm reminded when I read that shut the door behind you, I was reminded of the words of Jesus in the New Testament, when he says, uh, and when you pray, go into a private part of your house and close the door behind you, and then speak to God. And what you say in private to God, God will reward in public. See, so many of us, when we are asked by God to do something, we become really, uh, just full of ourselves. And he say, "Oh, God's doing work in me, and we come to church and we, we brag about it, and you know But it's the things that if, if God can trust us in private. And so Elisha says, "Shut the door behind you." God's not interested in you having an audience of all your neighbors sitting there waiting to see what's going to happen next. Now, shut the door behind you. Take your two boys in there and shut the door behind you. And start pouring oil into these jars. And then he says another thing. He says, and as you fill the jars, put them off to one side. I don't know about you, but if those were the instructions given to me, I've shut the door and these boys are standing there like, okay, now what do we do? Because here we've got a room full of jars and we got about this much oil in our own jar. Mom, are you sure you know what you're doing? Mom, do you think he was the best person to go to? Look, Mom, if we're going to be slaves, that's okay with us. At least your life will be spared. We'll go be slaves for the creditor. Mom, this isn't going to work. No, the man of God told me to do this, so I I think at this stage I better just do it. What's the worst that can happen? Nothing. And then the creditor will take you like he was going to take you anyhow. So really... What does it matter? Hey, what do I have to lose? By following God's instructions. Well, the first thing you have to lose is your pride, probably. So here it begins. Jar, okay. Johnny passes it to Billy. Billy gives mom the jar. She pours. Set it to one side. Okay. Pretty soon, it's almost like an assembly line going, and they got a rhythm going here, you know? Jar, hand off, jar, hand off, psh, off to the side. Jar, hand off, jar, hand off, psh, off to the side. And then she says to him, bring me another one. And the boy said, he broke the rhythm. He said, they're all gone. There are no more. What has happened? God filled. God filled what she gave him. If she would have just asked for one jar, God probably would have done the miracle and took her little amount of oil and filled the neighbor's jar tip-top full. But because she was faithful and she did exactly what the man of God, who, was in, who listened to what God told him to do. All of these jars that are now set off to the side are brimming full of oil. And oil was like having money in those days. She had a whole lot of money set off to the side now, where before she had nothing of any value... She thought so, and was about to lose her two dear darling sons. And now, look what we have. And she's thinking, now what do I do? And so, she goes back to the man of God, and she says, okay, I did everything you asked me to do. Now what? My house is full of oil. And he says to her, Go pay off your debt, however much debt you have, take that oil and use it as your currency, as your, your, uh, the commodity that you trade with. Take as much as you need to fulfill that debt. Whew, my boys will be saved. Yes, your boys are saved. And now what? And oh, what should I do with the rest of it? Because I went and I paid the man, and he says, stamped it, paid in full. He says, but what should I do with the rest of it? And the man of God tells her to live on the rest of it. Now, how long do you suppose that oil lasted? It's not written in the book, but knowing this historical God and all of his fame of the things he does, he's not going to take care of you just for a few days and then drop you. No, there was enough oil for this woman to live comfortably for the rest of her days and I think to provide for her sons whatever they needed. So what's this all about? This is about a woman who sought out somebody who was in tune with God, not her friends. She went to the man of God. That action of hers exhibited wisdom on her part. What else does this story tell us? That even those who fear the Lord trouble comes, we're not exempt from hardship or trouble. Elisha didn't rush to give her a quick fix of her problem. Troubles come to us, brothers and sisters. Don't run to your neighbor, don't run to the world looking for a solution. Don't listen to what the world is telling you. They're in a bad, bad, no-win situation. Run to God. Run to your pastor. Run to somebody who has been in the word and living in the word for years and years. You know, if you are confused, and you think, who should I go to in the church? Look for somebody with white hair. That ought to be a a pretty good, you know? It says more white hairs a person has, it's a sign of their wisdom. Gosh, I wish I didn't put that color on my hair. (laughs) Elisha did not give her a quick fix. Instead... Elisha taught her, and I hope he's teaching us, that when we have problems, turn to God. Trust God. And then when God speaks, and this is the hardest part of all, obey God. I think today is a, is a good time for us to go before God and pledge ourselves afresh. You may be thinking, you know, God, you didn't, you didn't give me much in the way of brains, or you didn't give me much in the way of, of uh, finances. or You know, God has given you exactly what you need to be pleasing to him. If you're in the midst of a situation that you're just wishing would go away, maybe it's lingering because you are not willing to be involved. We get so dependent on God that we just want God to fix it. When God has something else in mind, and that is to grow you as a Christian, And you see, when you are willing to give God whatever you have to work with, if you think that you're just a little bit of oil in an itty-bitty bottle, or you consider yourself to be, I'm worse off than that little boy, I don't even have five little fishes. Maybe you only have one little fish. Are you willing to offer that to God? so he can use it to work things out in your life? Whatever it is that you have, if you're willing to give it to God, you will be amazed at what he can do with it. But he can't work with what you won't give him. You have to give yourself, and then you have to be willing to give sometimes out of your treasure. But I live on a fixed amount. God knows that. He knows how much you get every month in the mail, that check. But I don't know how I could make, I don't know how you could make it either. That's up to God. But I thought this was just so appropriate that today, a new year, the beginning of an exciting walk with God, what better time than to say, God, I don't have much. I don't have much in the way of money. I don't have much in the way of talent. I don't have much in the way of much of anything. But God, use me. Take me, use me. And you'll be amazed at what God can do for you and through you. Just remember, run to God and not to the world. Learn to hear God. Learn to trust that what you hear is really God speaking to you. And if you have any doubts about it, Go to the man of God, come to me, and say, you know, I think I hear God saying this to me. And don't be impetuous and quick to just jump up and say, okay, I'm going to do this, because I think I heard God talk. No. If you think you've heard God talk, then do as this woman was instructed, and go in and shut the door behind you and pray. And ask God to, to confirm what you think you're hearing him say. And then when it's confirmed, comes the hardest part. And that's to step out in faith and to do whatever he's asking you to do. And you will never be the same. You will be an on-the-rebound growing Christian. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this nameless widow. We don't even know her name or her son's names, but we thank you for the lesson that you teach us through her and through her willingness to follow some pretty, well, explicit instructions, but it didn't make much sense. of instructions. But Lord, sometimes it's more than sense that we need. We need to trust and then to obey. Holy Spirit, help us this year to listen, to trust, and then to do so that you might be glorified. And we ask this in your Son's name. Amen.
1: Amen. All right. Let's close out our service today and this holiday season, and um, with one of my favorite. I think since I'm a, a three year old, I just love this carol. So. Away. you and keep you may his face always be shining but most of all may we walk every day with him amen greet somebody